Hello, welcome fellow Irishmen and Fitzgeralds. Welcome to another podcast of Discovering the Fitzgeralds. This is going to be episode 3, and we're going to talk about the Earls. But before we do that, let's do today's question. What kind of animal was featured in Gulfler's Travels and was on the coat of arms for the Fitzgeralds? I'll have the answer at the end of the podcast. Alright, let's get into it. John, the first Earl of Kader. John was the only surviving male descendant of the first Baron. In 1264, he was at a meeting at Castamont when his uncle, was the third Baron, was seized and imprisoned by the Lord Justice Richard de Capala and other Barons. In 1293, he was fighting with William de Vecchi, Lord of Kader at the time, a Baron much esteemed by the King Edward Longshanks. De Vecchi, being Lord of Justice of Ireland, stated openly that John Fitz Thomas was caused the existing disturbance that private quarrels as fierce as a lion but public injuries as meek as lamb. This had been reported to the Baron. He, in the presence of the Lord's Council, replied, You would gladly charge me with treason that be shedding my blood by catching my lance into your clutches that but so near upon your lands at Kader you might make your son a proper gentleman. Da Vinci, quote, said, A gentleman that bold baron, I tell thee, the Vichys were gentlemen before the Geraldines were baron awfully, even before the Welsh bankrupt dying ancestor. He was talking about Morris Fitzgerald from the first episode, if you remember. Feathered his, his nest in Leinster, end quote. He then accused him of being a supporter of thieves and uphold traitors. A reply from Fitzthomas to de Vecchi, quote, As for my answer, whom you term bankrupt, how rich or how poor he was, repay to Ireland I purpose not at this time to debate. Yet this much I boldly say, that he became hither, hither as a buyer, not a beggar. He bought his enemy's land by spend, spending his blood. But you lurking like a spider in a cobweb to entrench your flies, endeavor to beg subject living roughly by deploying them to the lives. I, John Fitz Thomas, Baron Offley, do tell thee, William Vecchi, that I am no traitor, no felon, but that art thou art the only battress by which king's enemies are supported. End quote. Fitz Thomas appealed to the king, who summoned them both to England. In the king's presence, de Vecchi commenced by accusing Fitzthomas of encouraging rebellion against his authority, and John Fitzthomas, in return, accused the judiciary of corruption, saying, while the nobility were excluded from presence, quote Fitzthomas, but so much as mutual complaints stand upon one his ye and other his nay, and that you would be taken for champion, I am known to be no coward. Let us in God's name leave lying for valets, Bearding for ruffians, facing for crackers, chatters for trotting, scolding for collets, looking for skivners, pleading for lawyers, and let us try with the dint of swords as become martial men to redo our mutual quarrels. Wherefore, to justify that I am a true subject, and thou, Vichy, art an arch traitor to God and to my king here in presence of his highness, in hearing this honorable assembly, I challenge the combat. End quote. The audience applauded and challenge accepted by Da Vinci. The king fixed the day for the combat, but Da Vinci, having been 
before appointed time fled by to France. The king declared Fitz John Fitzthomas innocent and added, Abbot de, de Vecchi conveyed his person into France, yet he left his lands behind in Ireland, and he granted them to Fritz Fitzthomas. In 1294, Richard de Burgh, the Red Earl of Ulster, who was after the death of Gerald, the fourth Baron of Offaly, and his brother-in-law, declared, in 1286, had gained great power, claimed the lands of Therbold, Avernon, and Meath, and took forceful possession on them. The Baron Offaly, however, went to the assistance of Verdun, and having taken the Earl and his brother William de Burgh prisoners in Meath on December 6, confined them in his castle lake. They on March 12, 1294, liberated by Parliament. In 1296, he and the Red Earl went with their forces to Scotland to assist King Edward I, who entertained this, them supremely in Roxburgh Castle. In that year, King John Burrell was taken prisoner by Edward I, and Sir William Wallace then undertook deliverance of Scotland. Side note, John Burrell became King of Scotland November 30, 1292, with the help of Edward I. Edward I then demanded for John to pay homage to him and his military support for the war against France. The Scottish, tired of John, appointed a Council of Twelve in which they signed a treaty with France. In retaliation, Edward I invaded Scotland and took Dunbar Castle April 27, 1296. John advocated July 1296. John was imprisoned in Tower of London until he was allowed to go to France in July 1299. There were a lot of rebellions against Edward from the Scottish in 1297 from William Wallace and Andrew Moray. When William Wallace was chosen as commander, he claimed to act in the name of King Beryl, even though he was under house arrest in Paris. Scotland didn't have a king after 1296 until 1306 with the accession of Robert the Bruce. If these names sound familiar, watch 1996's The Bruce, 2019 Robert the Bruce, or 1995's Braveheart, which is very loosely based off of William Wallace's life. Alright, back at task at hand. In 1298, the disputes between the Geraldines and de Burs were finally settled through the interference of Sir John Wogan. Lord Justice. It was then agreed that the Red Earl should give his daughter in marriage to Thomas Fitzgerald, Baron Offley. The marriage didn't take place until 1312. In 1315, Edward the Bruce, Robert the Bruce's brother, invaded Ireland. King Edward II made John Fitzthomas sign allegiance to take hostages to be kept in Dublin Castle. Bruce, with his army, having advanced to, into Cadair as far as the moat of Ardskull, was there opposed by Lord Justice Sir Richard Butler, John Fitzthomas, Baron Offley, and other lords of Leinster and Munster. A skirmish ensued in which several Scottish knights and officers fell and buried into the Church of Dominican Monastery at Athy. But in consequences of feuds amongst its leaders, the Anglo-Irish army retreated from the field of battle and the Lord Justice after, afterwards so occupied in repelling the attacks of the Irish that he was unable to march against the Scots again that year. Eventually, on October 14, 1318, the Scot-Irish army was badly defeated at the Battle of Fargart. Edward the Bruce was killed. His body was quartered, parts since in various towns in Ireland, and his head delivered to Edward II. On May 14, 1316, Edward II created Earl of Kader for John Fitzthomas Fitzgerald for his good service, the castle in the town of Kader.
He would enjoy it for a long dying September 10, 1316 in Maynooth. Murdoch O'Dally wrote thus of Earl in the 1601 as follows. John the Redoubtable, than whom no pope was more learned, the first Leinster Earl without reproach, the high-minded man whose engagements true. It is from John then the noble man that they the heroes of Leinster descend, men whose valor never fails when the shafts of spears are battle and bent. The Earl married Blanche Roach. They had two sons and two daughters. Gerald, who died in 1303, Thomas, Joan, who married in 1302 to Sir Edmund Butler, and Elizabeth married to Sir Nicholas Netterville. Thomas, the second Earl, is described as being prudent and a wise man. On August 16, 1312, at Greencastle to Lady Joan de Burgh, third daughter of the Red Earl of Gloucester. He succeeded his father in 1316, and at the end of the same year, he was appointed by the king to command of army. In 1317, Roger Mortimer, having been appointed judiciary, landed in Ireland, sent letters ordering that no touch be made on Edward the Bruce until he arrived. But owing to the indecision of Parliament sitting in Dumblet, the Earl received no orders until 1318, when he was commanded to march against Edward the Bruce, who retreating towards the north was defeated and slain near Dundark by Sir John Birmingham. Under his administration, a feud broke out between the Geraldines of Desmond, aided by the Butlers and Birmingham on one side and the Porters and Daybers on the other, in consequence of Arnold Lepore having Morris Fitzgerald afterwards recreated Earl Desmond, a rhymer, meaning a traveling poet. The Earl of Kader, anxious to reconcile, then ordered Fitzgerald, Laporte, and their herds to appear before the council. Instead of obeying, Laporte fled to England, and Fitzgerald invaded and plundered his lands. The Earl, determined to suppress these disorders, raised troops and sent messengers to the king, who issued a mandate ordering them to submit themselves to his deputy. They then agreed to appear before the council of Kilkenny, sued of, of charter of pardon. He added the chapel of St. Mary to the church of the Franciscan Monastery of Castlemunch, which his grandfather had founded. He passed away in Maynooth, April 9, 1328. He had three sons with Lady Dibber. John, born 1314, died in 1323. Richard III, Earl of Kader, he survived his father as a little more than a year, dying at Rathgun, July 7, 1329, at age 12. Morris, the fourth Earl of Kader, was born in 1318. He succeeded his brother in 1329, being under the age of King Edward III, as his granted the lands of Kader, Maynooth, Crom, Odor, and Estrogen to Sir John D'Arcy, the Earl's stepfather, during his minority. In 1339, having just come of age, he marched against O'Dempsey's, who invaded Kildare, pursued them so closely that many of them were drowned in the river borough and brought back to Dublin. On January 26, 1347, the Earl was summoned to be ready in the London by next Easter to go abroad with the King. He was present at the Siege of Calais, which was taken on June 4th for his gallant conduct as leader of the Irish Division. He was knighted by Edward III. He then there married Elizabeth, daughter of Sir Bartholomew Burgenlash, 
1356, he was commanded by the king to strengthen and maintain his castles at Kilkee, Rathmore, and Bellarmore, under the pain of fortuning the same. He was a benefactor to the Priory of St. Wolstens. He died August 25, 1390, and is buried in the church at Holy Trinity, now Christ Church Cathedral in Dublin. Elizabeth and him had four sons besides daughters, Gerald the fifth Earl, John Richard, they both died young, Thomas, who was Sheriff of Limerick in 1403, left no issue. Gerald, fifth Earl of Kadair, succeeded his father in 1390. In 1398, he was taken prisoner by Talhoff, son of Murrah O'Connor. Folly and delivered up to his father, the chief who appears to have liberated him on pain ransom soon after. In June 1400, he was with Patrick Fox and Walter Fitzgerald, appointed keeper and survivor of the peace in the counties of Cork, Limerick, and Kerry. In 1408, he built White Castle of New Lathlin. As of June 1858, there is no remains of the castle. He died in 1410 and was buried in Great Abbey at Kildare. He married Margaret, daughter of John Rochford. They had two sons and one daughter. John, the sixth Earl, Thomas, who died without issue, and Lady Joan, who married first to Gentle Grey by they had no issue, secondly to James Fourth of Earl of Barmden. John, the sixth Earl of Kildare, was surnamed Crunchback or Shankam by the Irish, which means hunchback. In 1410, he succeeded his father. In 1418, he was arrested at Clane in Kildare, imprisoned in the castle of Trim for having communicated the prior of Killamon. It is not known what was the prior's offense. He strengthened and enlarged the castles of Maynooth and Kilkey. Kilkey Castle has been more than a century the principal of the earls and is one of the largest and richest earl houses in Ireland. It is now a bed and breakfast in if you get a chance to go to Ireland, or if you live in Ireland, I highly recommend staying there. He died October 17, 1427, and was buried in a monastery of All Saints or All Hallows on the site of which Trinity College in Dublin sits. He married Margaret de la Hearn and had one son. Thomas the Seventh Earl succeeded his father in 1427. In 1454, he was appointed Lord Deputy to Richard Plangent, Duke of York, Father Edward IV. In 1460, he was again appointed Lord Deputy by the Duke of York, who has divided his confidence between the Earl of Kader, a Yorkist, and the Earl of Ormond, a Lancastrian. Side note, this is about the start of the War of the Roses. Yorkists were supporters of the White Rose for Edward IV, Lancastrians were supporters of the Red Rose, Henry VI, or Margaret of Anjou. Of confiding of the sword of office in, to, in office to each in turn when he fell at the Battle of Wakefield before being slain under the banner, banner several members of both families. On the death of the Duke in 1460, the Earl of Kader was elected by the Council Lord Justice. In 1461, he was on the accession of Edward IV reported Lord Justice and took oaths in Christ Church, Dublin, before Parliament in Council. In 1464, he and his wife, Lady Joan Fitzgerald, founded and endowed the Franciscan Abbey of Adar. The chapel of this abbey is now the parish church of Adar in 1858.
Holly Shand relates that the following anecdote of the Earl, quote, 1470, within the mile of Castle Mont, is there a place marked with two hillock, which is named for the Geraldine, his throw or cast of length, which veered deed in wood full. The occasion proceeded this one of the Geraldines preside in enemy of his. The Earl of Kader, having intelligence thereof, suppressed an affection of kindred and moved by zeal of justice, persuaded him with the true horseman as other was bringing a pretty home. The Geraldine having notice given him, the Earl was in hot pursuit, being nettled that his kinsman would seem to rescue the prey of deadly foe. As he was in such fretting wise, freeing in his grease, he broke out in his, those cherished words, Death, my cousin Kader, pursue me indeed. Now in good faith, whereas he seems to be the suppressor of his kindle uporder of my mortal enemy, I would wish him no more harm than that this dart were as far in his body as shall stick forth in the ground, there will give him a surprise to his horse. He hurled his dart so far as it vanished the length of thereof, as well as his compromise as Porlet. The Geraldine was not very far from thence when the Earl with his band made hot foot after and dog scaled the track of Pritters, he came to the place where the dart was hurled, where one pick back order let the Earl to understand the Geraldine with his wild speeches there delivered an enhanced offense. He showed him how far he hurled his dart when he wished to be pitched in the Lordship's body. The Earl, astonished thereof, said now in good sooth, my cousin, in behaving so colorously and worthy to have pretty shot free, and for my part I purpose not so much stomach his choleric wish as to embrace his valiant prowess, there commanded the retreat to be blown and rebuilt back. End quote. <clears throat> the Earl died in March 25, 1477 was buried by his father in the monastery of All Hollows near Dublin. He married Lady Joan Fitzgerald, daughter of the James VII Earl of Desmond. She died in 1486, was buried in the monastery of Dar. They had four sons and two daughters. Gerald, 8th Earl of Sir Thomas of Lung, appointed in 1484 Lord Chancellor of Ireland for life. He was slain in the Battle of Stoke, fighting for the Lambert Sino. James Maurice, Lady Eleanor, married to Henry McOwen O'Neill, chief of his clan, Lady Anne. And that's the end of today's podcast. The answer to today's question is the ape. They have several apes. On If you look at the coat of arms, there's three apes, um, one on top and two on, on the sides. And if you remember correctly, they were put there for uh, saving uh, the first Earl when he was a baby in the castle. Our next podcast, we're going to start into uh, the Geralds. Gerald the Eighth Earl, Gerald the Ninth Earl, Silken Thomas, and Gerald the Earl Wizard. I might end up spreading out those into a a couple different uh, podcasts for each one. Anyways, uh, thank you for listening. And thank you to my producers, uh, Lizzie Cottell. And uh, as everything else, slay the day.